and welcome to On the Dresser, your bi-weekly dose of sex, gender, culture, and politics. I'm Lauren Kiley. And I'm Danny Cruz. Our discussions come from the perspective of queer sex workers and sex educators. We call our special brand of knowledge edutitillation. And this episode is going to be about one of my favorite topics, spanking. Pow! Specifically, the <laughs> sexy kind of spanking between consenting partners. Yes. And that's, we are... like a, that's like a warning I think we need in like bold. Yes. <laughs> we are, spe- we are specifically talking about sexual context with We're, yeah. Yeah. adult people consenting partners. <laughs> Don't spank your kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, teenagers spanking each other? Maybe. But... Sexual, sexual they're having a good time. <laughs> sexual consensual spanking. And we are going to hear from the inimitable professional submissive and fetish performer Cupcake Sinclair about the care behind a really good spanking scene. Ah. <laughs> but before we get to the spanking good time, we do have to address some news. So, Danny, do we have any headlines? I love a mouthful of news. Um, and this week, it is a lot. First, we'll start in Congress. Yay, the, the least sexy place on earth. The Allow States to Fight Online Sex Trafficking Acts, House Bill uh, 1865, um, was passed this week with an overwhelming majority. I think there were only, like, 25 people who voted no. Boo. Um, out of, like... 400 and something senators what this law essentially is was created to be able to go back and prosecute um, backpage.com however like it's sold to the public as being able to fight sex trafficking um, on all website platforms and we've had a whole show about this Mm -hmm. Uh, we started our season actually season three started with a breakdown of uh, the senate version of this called SESTA the stop enablers of sex trafficking act but uh, so you can go hear a, a big breakdown of uh, what this law does in that episode. But very quickly, it's the point of it is to hold websites accountable for the things that other people post on their sites. So um, if we think in the context of Backpage.com, this would be uh, going after people who put up escort advertisements. However, this law has the potential or it is written such that it will spill over onto other websites. So websites like Twitter, where um, sex sex workers uh, regularly share their media. Hell uh, yeah, we do. Sexy pictures or websites. Um, Instagram is the same way. Snapchat has actually been called a hub of sex trafficking. So that's probably on the list. The National Center for Sexual Exploitation has its list of the I think they call it the Dirty Dozen it's websites like uh, Facebook and media platforms like HBO that they believe are like the 12 big offenders when it comes to publishing potential sex trafficking media so HBO? there's reason to believe yeah like HBO's on that list oh they have they have like um, what's that uh, show that they used to have that like backseat taxi cab wasn't that one of their shows um, or am I thinking that's like Cinemax? But like they've had shows where they promote prostitution in them. Um, and so that's like a huge, huge deal for these anti-trafficking folks. 
Yeah, because it's like taxi taxicab confessional. Taxicab confessions. Yeah, because yes. taxicab confessions is exactly the same as forced labor. Right. Forced fraud and coercion. Right. Yeah. What all these laws do is fight online sex trafficker act FOSTA and the stop enablers to sex trafficking act SESTA. What they do is make it a federal crime to knowingly promote or facilitate prostitution. Well, um, so, fuck. So one of those amendments was actually like making prostitution essentially a federal crime. Um, and what they what they want to do is be able to go back and use that law retroactively to prosecute Backpage.com. Now, this has been a huge point in the Congress. There's a, a section of the House called the Liberty Caucus mm-hmm. that believes that ex post facto laws like that, like things that, that we're able to retroactively apply, are dangerous. Um, and for obvious reasons. It sounds pretty <laughs> um, dangerous. So, yeah, right. To, yeah. like, be able to go... so. In that vein, like what's holding them from being able to go back to Rent Boy and re-prosecute things there, mm-hmm. um, go back to uh, all the people, all the information that they collected with the My Red Book seizure and prosecute more people there. Like there's huge potential for just more prosecution against both sex workers and the communities around them. These laws also target uh, online forums. So uh, places like P411, like the message board that I'm on as a as a male escort. There's also other like message boards that have bad date lists. Like these laws would target all of those and pull those offline, which has sent many sex workers like scrambling to figure out like, what do we do if these changes happen? Like, so we're gonna imagine that our, uh, that Facebook is gone, mm-hmm. uh, or if not gone, like we're kicked off yeah. the platform. Because um, what what they what lawmakers imagine these laws will do is that the websites will have to spend time like kicking people off one by one if they don't comply. And uh, one thing I ahead. don't know that non-sex workers or people less familiar with escorting and screening practices may not have caught in that conversation is that a lot of the sites you just mentioned especially P411, are used for screening and safety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've spent years as sex workers and activists building these connections so people can screen their clients and Mm -hmm. stay safer. Even even just the act of building community where sex workers talk to each other and have a forum to do that creates a network of references that is has been immensely helpful. There's people I've not worked with because I've known that, oh, right, oh, because of the rape or because of the injuries, because mm-hmm. of these very, very tangible reasons. So shutting this down isn't just taking off our advertising, which is bad enough and bad enough for us all in terms of economic stability, mm-hmm. but it's also like directly attacking the way we organize our communities. Right. And it's not just the screening types like um, Kate Diadamo, who is a a huge advocate in the human trafficking slash sex worker rights world. I love her um, so much. She was worried that like bad date lists Mm -hmm. so that sex workers have spent so much time curating and and, like putting out to the world are going to be gone. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's huge potential for like I'm and I'm going to co-opt some language that Congress did this week. Bad actors. Yeah. That hire will take advantage of that and then be, you know, 
be able to get through those screening practices and cause actual harm and danger to sex workers. Mm-hmm. Like this is the part that that the legislators don't consider. First of all, they don't consider what Kristen D'Angelo has said over and over. Uh, she's the director of Swap Sacramento, which is that if you close down the websites, people in trafficking situations aren't automatically like free. Like pimps don't go out and say like, oh. Oops, sorry, we don't have a website anymore. Guess you're going to have to actually be a waitress. Yeah, I guess you're going to have to find money somewhere else. No, they're going to push people to the street mm-hmm. to earn the money the same way. And when you think of like the estimate that Backpage made $5 million on escort advertisements in the state of California alone, that's a lot of sex workers having to move to street work. Mm-hmm. Like, if you assume the worst and everybody who's ever advertised on Backpage is now going to have to take their hustle somewhere else, like, that's a lot of sex workers in the state of California yeah. having to turn to street work or another form of sex work. Because we don't, like, we don't know their reason for being in there. They, it could be that they haven't been able to find another job. They could be a disabled person that, you know, needs to be able to work in a different context. Like, there's tons of reasons outside of being forced into prostitution that people get into the sex trade. And even assuming you're trying to help people forced into prostitution, if you think, if you honestly think you know where they are and how to find them, eliminating that resource isn't going to help your goal anyway. Yeah, one of the one of the the questions that that still remains in this conversation, in terms of like lawmakers talking about this, is how are stings going to go? Like, mm-hmm. lots of cities, Los Angeles, yeah. Chicago, That's those are coming to my mind. Make New a York, lot Orlando, uh, Polk County, Florida, where Sheriff Grady Judd can suck it. The, the, all these places make a lot of money from, like, site and release things. Mm-hmm. And in California, like, those are, uh, I believe, like, one to three grand per ticket. Like, if you get cited for solicitation that's like your first offense is between one and three thousand dollars like they make money it's a money maker yeah if we what do we do if we assume that our digital spaces are compromised or eliminated or however badly just limited for us where do we go we've been we've been brainstorming this on and off for a while but Besides the bigger industry questions about how will advertising work, how will porn get sold, which mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not qualified to set up a whole new porn platform, but I am 100% positive somebody will. How do we take the the strength of the communities we've organized and build them essentially somewhere else? Are are we going to move from Twitter DM groups to cellular text message threads? Mm-hmm. Can we do something similar with places like? Stripper Web, which is an amazing sex work, just social and informational forum. It can mm-hmm. we have that be like a cellular chat room? Mm-hmm. Are places like Tits and Sass going to have to move to print, which is expensive and difficult? Um, mm-hmm. Because we do have the tools to do that, but but man, that's going to set us. But we also don't have the money or resources to just jump right. in. Yeah, I was thinking of communication also, like. You know, I asked on Twitter the other day, are there any sex worker only channels on Telegram, 
which is a encrypted app that people can use for messaging mm. that also has a group chat feature. Mm. Uh, like, is there are there ways for sex worker activists to communicate there? Are there um, are they accessible across a different economic levels? Mm-hmm. Are they accessible mm-hmm. across different technological? Access? And that's and here we're just talking about how we're going to communicate <laughs> with each other. Mm-hmm. With each other, dog. <laughs> we're just talking about how we're going to communicate with each other. This is not even getting into the question of like, okay, where are we going to advertise now? Yeah, how are we going to communicate like, ha- with our clients? Have you have you thought of that at all? Like, how are you going to communicate with? I mean, I I guess that is a weird question because we're good because you don't do well, the full service or the one on one. I is don't, but porn advertising has actually been a huge question has been sort of rippling through the industry because mm-hmm. a lot of us have been shadow banned on Twitter. There's people get kicked off of Inst- and It's so funny that they talked about Facebook as this hub because every sex worker I know has tried Facebook and gotten kicked off at least right. a couple times and been right. like, oh, fuck For it. For whatever reason, mind. yeah. Yeah. It's bad enough that most of our digital marketing tools are crippled, essentially. I also do digital marketing in the vanilla world, so I can see who has access to what and sex workers don't have access to a majority of promotional tools that non-sex work marketers can just take for granted. That's a question that I do not have an answer to and very much wish I did because we can set up our own advertising circles and platforms but that doesn't do us any good if no if people don't know that that's where it is or go to see it. People want what people really want from their porn is convenience. They want it to be mm-hmm. right there on their phones whenever they want right. it. Mm-hmm. And what we don't know is how to then get them into that, let alone make them pay for it. Right. So. Yeah, there's, um, which by BT dubs, like, there's a whole other show working in my mind about the, have you heard of the Corporation Man Geek? <laughs> yes, I have. I... Oh, so I have that, heard of MindGeek, and I think my head just burst into flames. That, in the context of, like, pay for your porn, uh-huh. um, and, like, a shift, because I don't think MindGeek owns, like, own, OnlyFans. No, they don't. And so, like, there's this shift to get away, I feel, I'm seeing from the outside of, like, okay, who are the ones that they own, and what platforms do those then get aggregated to for free where people are not paying no you need to pay me directly like that's yeah. where shit is moving i it's so that's a that's a separate tangent but what i've been seeing on twitter for especially um sex workers who work directly with clients mm-hmm. like escorts and such escorts and doms are saying like hey clients you might want to get on people's email list with yeah. your favorite yeah you know, providers email list. Hey, providers, you might want to start setting up an email list. You might start want to start getting the phone numbers of your faves on Twitter of your like favorite other activists or whatever and start like finding other channels of communication. And here we come full circle because I hear that and my brain goes to, oh, we could set up like a hooker collective with a newsletter with everyone's tour dates and specials. And then I remember that under this bill, that's a federal crime. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> ah, well, those are some big yeah. questions to work through and fixing 
all this shit. In the meantime, yeah. this hasn't happened yet. You can call yeah. your senators, call your representatives. If mm-hmm. you're in, if you still have faith in electoral politics, I don't want to crush that. Please make it happen. But as of today, so there is still time. Maybe call your senators, urge them to vote no on uh, HR 1865 in the Senate version <laughs> called SESTA. Call your senators, have them oppose the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act. If it goes through, don't worry. We will have a list of how your senators or representatives voted. And please hold grudges and mm-hmm. Vote insist. some bitches out. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I like that. Hold grudges. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a huge proponent of holding electoral grudges. I think it's Absolutely. important. Oh. I mean, Kamala Harris probably has done a lot of good, but at what point? It, it's really hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, she's done all these good things, except for the fact that she's put people I love in absolute physical danger and they're scared for their lives and safety. I mean, other than that. That that part, like that part has become easier for me because I, I do acknowledge and we've talked about this yeah. with um on other shows, like one of Kamala Harris's good things that she's done is get rid of the trans panic defense yeah. for like murder and assault. Yeah. But then she's but also the, advocated for prison labor and slave conditions. Right. As far as the like, what has made her a total no for me? Okay, you know, anybody can do these things and put whatever shit legislation they want, but when they're using that as a platform, to get to higher office. And she's not only done this with the back page thing when she was attorney general, but like there's huge behind the scenes goings on with her. Oh yeah. On these bills specifically to catapult her to a white house run. Mm-hmm. And so she's using these, you know, that, that that's what made it a no for me is that the harm to sex workers was done out of political gain. And it's easy to do, and people, you know... People every, fucking love it. It plays so well on television. Anti-sex, anti-trafficking, anti-porn plays so well and if to you, the conservative base. And if you need a really basic reason, the Trumps are supporting this. Ivanka Trump supports this. It, look who you're jumping in bed with. It, mm-hmm. it never works. We've seen this story over and over and it turns out people who are trash and make trash policies continue to be trash and continue to set those trash policies on fire so then you have a burning trash pot yeah yeah. ivanka just picked this up because it's the how how do i how do i say this correctly like there is no one who is gonna fight ivanka trump on anything having to do with Mm anti-trafficking because once you do you are pro-trafficking yeah which is a You're bullshit stance. Yeah. Mm. On the on the executive side, 45 is going to sign this because she hasn't gotten many wins. And to have a bill so supported, like, it was like 375 yays to 25 nays. Thank you, those 25. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said hold a grudge, but also, also whatever, yeah. what's the opposite of a grudge? Like, remember gratitude? remember the good things. Yeah. Some gratitude for these gratitude. people. Yeah, Kate Diadamo, um, who we mentioned just now, also went through and, like, tweeted Twitter handles and also phone numbers for all 25 uh, representatives that voted no against this. And she urged people to, like, call them up and be like, 
Yep. Good on you. Like she, she wants us to remember that when we're going through this political discourse, it's just as important to thank our allies, which is hard because not everybody voted against this because they were an ally to sex workers. Like, let's get yeah. this straight. They had their own like weird <laughs> lawyer problems with this, but like thanking them for standing up against like shit policies, essentially. And I'll tell you, those are way more fun phone calls to make than the other kind. <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously. Um, You're going to make some intern's day with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that was a lot of big, serious, scary stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like a transition is in the works. Yes, let's go on. And now it is my pleasure to welcome to the show Cupcake Sinclair, professional submissive and fetish model extraordinaire. In the interest of titillating transparency, I do have to mention that I have had the honor of being in a spanking scene with Cupcake, and she is an incredible performer. I cannot speak highly enough of her. Welcome to On the Dresser, Cupcake. Thank you so much for being with us. And today we are talking about bottoms. It is bottoms talking about bottoms. (laughs) (laughs) So, Cupcake, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Um, Let's see. I have been a professional submissive for more than four years now. Um, I have also been a fetish model for more than three years, so I definitely do a lot of spanking scenes. And I'm also a lifestyle player for more than six years, so... Definitely impacts spanking, anything that revolves around me being submissive and getting hit with things. (laughs) I have a lot of experience in different regards. (laughs) Awesome. So when it comes to spanking or other impact play, what are elements that make the scene a really good one for you? Well, you know, as cliche as it sounds, it's pretty much the energy of my play, my partner that I'm playing with that really makes me determine whether a scene is good or enjoyable for me. Um, if there's a lot of communication and interaction, as well as like a clear knowledge of what to expect, then I can take almost anything and be happy. I mean, we're all humans. Sometimes people make mistakes and so on. But as long as there's like that energy and I know that I'm being checked in with and I know what's going on, then that usually makes me more happy than anything that I'm getting hit with. <laughs> That's totally understandable. We're very, very big on communication and checking in. That's a running theme of the podcast. Um, (laughs) So are there any particular safety concerns or bad spanking habits that you would like people to be aware of? I think my biggest two would have to be um, striking the same area repetitively, especially when people are really new to spanking. They'll usually either they'll fixate on a buck cheek, especially if they're standing at an angle. So they'll end up hitting like maybe the right cheek more than the left cheek. And it's kind <laughs> of like, OK, this, you know, not only for a scene does it start to feel stagnant, but it also kind of greatly inhibits how much that your bottom can take if you're only hitting the same area and not, you know, switching it up a little. I think the second thing would also have to be wrapping or hitting unintended areas with strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watching out for tailbones, watching out for kidneys, and especially when you're fixating on the butt, if you hit other areas, it can be really jarring for your bottom if they're not expecting that. So those are my main two. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and how do you 
how do you prepare your body for an impact scene, especially if it's a heavier scene? For me personally, just at least knowing a couple of, you know, days or hours ahead of my heavier scenes, what I'm going to be using, it's for me, um, good enough. I like to at least know what to do. I have what I call like my little pain Rolodex in my brain. And so I can usually associate like the pain with different things that I've experienced in the past. And I'm like, okay, you're going to hit me with that thing. Rolodex, Rolodex. Cool. Okay. I'm good. I indexed it. I know what's going on. I'm going to be a okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I pretty much just try to remember that. And otherwise I go with the flow. Once again, energy, warm up, communication, as long as I have those main three things, then it's really easy for me to do heavier or lighter scenes just because I know what to expect from it. And do you have um, any different preparation routines or rituals for performance as opposed to personal play? Mm, For performances, I'll definitely try to make sure if there's a script or there's different stage markings or different ways that we're supposed to behave, I'll make sure that I go over those again and again so that way I can at least make sure that I remember my cues so that way I can keep the audience engaged because, I mean, when you're performing, you're there for the entertainment of others as well as yourself. So you have to be mindful of that. Um, Even if you're having fun within your scene, being able to make sure that you're, you know, showing good practices for the audience as long as well as, you know, different fun things that's going on is good to have. (laughs) Sounds like preparation, familiarity, and communication are recurring themes for, for good for good bottom experiences. <laughs> and how do you take care of your bottom after a spanking? For me personally, I swear by Arnica. Some people use the gel form, some people use um, pills or tablets, um, but whatever form that you use, um, it's just really great for reducing bruises and aches and pains, um, especially if you're doing a lot of heavier scenes within the duration of that specific week or something. Especially for me as a professional, it's good to be able to like take care of your bottom in different ways so that way you can kind of keep going for like the different expectations that you have within the next week or so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that definitely sounds important to pace yourself <laughs> definitely and do you have any advice for people who might be new to spanking or want to explore heavier spanking I think the main thing I like to emphasize is that it is okay to go slow you know especially when we're watching like spanking porn and we're like wow this is really hot wow she just took 500 canings what's going on wow you know people get really caught up in trying to make it a competition when at the end of the day it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be about you know you and your partner having that time to enjoy yourselves and you know the interactions that you guys are having so it's okay to go slow if you want to do heavier you know spankings and implements It'll happen over time, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. especially in the pro-sub and pro-switch world. We have this term that we call leather ass. And (laughs) it's pretty much when your butt kind of starts to toughen up after like, you know, months of playing and so on. And, you know, it doesn't even happen through, oh, I'm just going to hit her super hard every single day. It just happens naturally from playing reoccurringly. And after a while, you'll just find, hey, you know, I was only able to take, you know, five swaps with that paddle and now I can take 25. How did that happen? <laughs> Leveling so. up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have advice for people who might be thinking about hiring a professional for a spanking session, but are nervous or uncomfortable? I would say it's pretty much like any professional that you would go to about anything, you know, don't be embarrassed. Don't be nervous. 
if you're going to a professional to engage with spanking, then, you know, hopefully if you've done research, then you know that they know what they're doing and that communication is important. If you have an ideal of what you want and how you want your scene to go, it's really important to communicate that because, I mean, you know, we're humans, we're not mind readers, but definitely don't let fear or embarrassment hold you back if it's something that you're curious about exploring, especially because with professionals, they probably have a wider range of knowledge and so they can probably help you find the scene that you want to and that way you have a better idea of what you want if you're trying to bring it up with newer partners in different regards. Do you have... A, any spanking implements that you especially like? And do you have any spanking implements that you especially don't like? Hmm. I think my favorite, I, well, I have two. I'm cheating a little. You <laughs> <laughs> love it. The more, the merrier. <laughs> I think my favorite two would have to be hands and canes. There's something very intimate about being spanked with hands. I mean, it's very traditional. And with canes, it's just such a very, you know, this is how we're going to get your attention kind of implement. So (laughs) I really definitely love that as well. It's such a different extreme. Um, But as far as implements that I don't like, I really like a lot of implements. I can't say that there's any that I absolutely read on. It's just maybe a matter of whether I'm warmed up enough yet for different things, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. (laughs) And do you have any favorite spanking scenes in books, TV, movies, anything that, that really speaks to you? Okay, so it's super cliche, but my favorite spanking scene all time from the movie Secretary. Yes. <laughs> Edward Gray. <laughs> it, it might be cliche, but that's a cliche for a reason. <laughs> it's such a classic. It is. Oh. oh, well, thank you so much for talking about uh, your work and your bottom. Where can where can people find find you and learn more about you and your bottom? <laughs> Well, I am on Twitter at subby underscore cupcake, S-U-B-B-I-E. Or if you um, want to watch some of my spanking porn, I'm on Clips for Sale, and my studio is 97659. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And have happy spanks. I hope, hope everything continues to go well. <laughs> Thanks, and likewise. <laughs> You're listening to On The Dresser. I am Danny Cruz, here with Lauren Kylie and Vanessa Carlisle. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> that cupcake interview was fantastic. Um, any any thoughts from y'all on, on the things she said? I can't say enough good things about Cupcake. I can't say enough good things about working with Cupcake, both in a spanking context and in a talking about spanking context. Yeah, y'all she, did a, y'all did a scene together. What was uh, where can people find that? Uh, well, they can find that on thedirtygirlnextdoor.com. And the uh, the premise of the scene is that she is joining a secret group of hookers taking over the world. So there was a spanking initiation. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. Um, But one of the things that was so much fun about that scene is it had been loosely planned out to be pretty short. And then 
all of a sudden the um it was filmed with the assistance of Nate Licker and Dixie Comet and they're like guys this seems like over 20 minutes long we're like oh I guess we should find a way to wrap it up like we actually got completely wrapped up in just doing the scene it was super fun she is fantastic I think that's probably best case scenario for any kind of sex work Mm-hmm. is Absolutely. that that feeling of losing track of time because you enjoyed it and I I don't know I think that's that's a very special thing to happen during kink and especially during impact play to get to that point I've never been one for impact play like it's, I I don't have it in me to do the striking very much I don't <laughs> I don't have that trust in my own hand to like and and it's not that I can't like smack a motherfucker, right? It's yeah. It's that I I don't have that trust in it to do that in a sexy way um, mm-hmm. with somebody. And then on myself, like if I'm not restrained, I I have a like a reaction where I have to oh, strike like you back. Hit, like you want to hit back, right? You want to hit back. Yeah. And so that it's it's been really hard for me to like try impact play in any way um, for those reasons. So I I'm super curious, especially with cupcakes of like she's talking about her pain rolodex where she's like, okay, I know what's gonna happen, I know what to expect. I've done this before. Like, let's do this. Where mm-hmm. I, as I am just like. If you do that, you're going to get an equal and opposite reaction from me. Like, how, how as, as people who have gotten into this, how do you get into that space of, you know, being able to, to make something like impact play sexy? Well, I can speak from the top position on that one um, pretty comfortably. Because I think that as somebody who switches occasionally in the personal, but not in the professional, it's... Like personally, it's a really rare top who can make me want impact play. I, I'm not a I'm not a masochistic submissive when and if when and if I ever do switch, which is, you know, like I'm really uh, careful and selective about that. So the few times that I have really loved impact play have been sort of a surprise because I have gone into it being like, all right, I'm gonna handle this because I really care about this top and I want them to enjoy themselves. And so I'm going to be the bottom who can handle it. And then, you know, every once in a while, something will happen where I'm like, Oh, this is that endorphin rush. Everyone's always talking about. And that my clients seem to experience. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really good to have that happen. And to have those moments of like, you feel um, like I, I guess I would describe it as like a rapid cycling of like you feel the ouch and then you feel a, a kind of after image of the ouch. And sometimes during that after image is the rage mm-hmm. of like, I want to strike back and I hate you for hurting me or something. And mm-hmm. I occasionally have that. Like I said, I think I think the more masochistic you are, the less that rage response is going to happen to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's just my take. I don't know. <laughs> But, um, but then there, but if I don't have that, if I just have that after image of the feeling, then there's, then there's a rush that happens and it is a rush. It is, it is, it is a, you know, a kind of chemical thing that feels really, really good. Um, and especially if the impact play is also doing titillating, like if you can feel it in your clit, 
for whatever reason, either it's hitting the right spot or they're jiggling you now or they're holding you now or whatever. Like it's bigger. It's a bigger feeling than when someone approaches you softly. There's a big, this is radio, but there's a big like grin on Lauren's face right now <laughs> in agreement with the things you're saying, Vanessa. Like, tell, tell me about it. I love impact play. And coming from, a, it's one of the few things that as a switch, I love as both a top and a bottom. And speaking of that scene with Cupcake, it was, there was um, a moment where I was using my floggers on her and Cupcake is a very small petite woman and I realized I'd only ever used those floggers on bigger burlier dudes and that was a huge moment where I was like oh shit I'm not prepared for this that is a completely different it's a completely different realm of target practice Mm -hmm. um but impact play for me and especially spanking is so much it's so much of it is wrapped up in the mind fuck of it all. I think, especially when it comes to specific spanking fantasies, so much of it can be about your relationship with that person. Why is this person hitting you? Why do I like being hit by this person? And when it comes to the extras, it, it can be something like you're rubbing up against a very sensual spanking horse. It can be the juxtaposition of somebody softly caressing you and then smacking you. Mm-hmm. Uh, something a old ballet teacher told me years ago is that there is no pain or pleasure. There is only sensation and how you interpret it and that you can choose to interpret sensations in different ways. <laughs> that sounds like a true statement. <laughs> you saying that to encourage us to put on our point shoes and keep dancing in ways that were it's still very disciplined and rather painful, but I've always felt that that kind of encapsulates the way that I feel about kink and impact and corporeal play in particular, where it's my part of my body is registering it as pain, but part of my body is also registering it as pleasure, as attention, as something that is being given to me. Right. I love that. And I think that that's really what the joy is for me as a top is that I, I love the mind fuck. I love doing like a lot of different kinds of sensation kind of on top of each other in a way that's disorienting for the bottom. I also like doing super, super focused, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to spank you and that is going to be exactly what we're doing and there's nothing else happening and you have to focus on that. You know, like I like doing mind discipline with it in a way that's like a lot of control. Right. And, um, and I think coming from the body work perspective, just the way that I've learned to kind of break down adhesions in order to heal, and how the, the, the sense that sometimes it has to hurt before it can heal in the body, that if you've got old stuff, old gunk that you're holding, that it, you, you do have to actually kind of um, go through something kind of painful to work it out. Like I, I notice that as an emotional process. I notice that as a physical process. And spanking is almost like the, um, it's, it's, it's the way that, to address that stuff that has a real sense of humor to it 
because because spanking really is addressing childhood stuff for a lot of people or it's address it's it's a certain form of play that can have a lot of sweetness to it and it can have mm-hmm. a lot of um, you know, it can, it can, it can joke around with itself. Like spanking doesn't have to take itself that seriously the way that flogging often does, you know, <laughs> there's, there's impact play that takes itself very seriously and spanking often doesn't. And I really like to intersperse it with other stuff where like I'm using an implement and I'm doing stuff and then I'll barehand it with somebody and it'll be like, Oh, that's right. Her hand, her body, she's here. She's with me. And I know that it's a way to connect with them. Oh, uh, that's that's fun for me, and that also keeps the rhythm of impact going for them. I guess I didn't really make a distinction in my head between like spanking, like hand spanking, and like just impl- other implement play in that way. Like they didn't. I, I think they're really different. I experience them very differently as like, a top. As a top, yeah. Okay. When I, I experience it very differently when I'm actually putting my hands on somebody you know, even gloved, even gloved, it's not necessarily skin to skin to skin, but it is different for me to like actually put my hands on somebody versus put an implement on somebody. I'm doing a different thing with them and I'm, I'm moving, I'm, I'm, I'm moving differently, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and there's a lot more of, of, uh, closeness for me to open hand spanking is a, is a much, is a much closer way to interact with a body than, um, then even flogging, which I take, I, I really love. I'm not a snob about any of this stuff. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not, I've had so many conversations like this with, with professional dominants who are like, flogging is so boring and stupid. And I'm like, <laughs> to who? <laughs> to you? Okay. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> I've heard that from various doms and yet it seems to remain wildly popular among the rest of us who still love it. I know, flogging abides. <laughs> well, it's also for me, one of the things I love about flogging, which I do consider very different from spanking, is it's just so damn pretty. Especially mm-hmm. when someone has two of them going and there's patterns. Mm-hmm. It's it's just gorgeous. Are, are there any like safety, like you as a top Vanessa, are there, is there anything in particular safety wise that uh, you have or like spanking bad habits that you'd like people to be aware of? Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, sloppy stuff. So one, one thing is, you know, if you're wearing jewelry, be mindful mm-hmm. um, that you are actually, you're, you, if, if you're wearing rings or bracelets or anything like that, I've just, I've seen people, give uh like a beating they didn't mean to give with those things you know and that's one very basic small thing that I literally I just feel like I see it all the time where I'm like oh that was a ring you know (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes I do it on purpose like I have a ring that's a geode that is very scratchy and it feels really good and it also hurts when you hit with it and I like having um, I like having BDSM toys that are like that double as jewelry or like a, I have a belt I really like that I can take off in a snap that can be like really harsh because okay. it has little metal studs in it. So there's things like that that I just like doing that, but it has to be purposeful. So so I think that's one thing is like being very mindful, and also I I think the angle that you're going for really matters. You know like it's hard to spank someone well from straight on, like being off to the side a little bit, choosing your side. 
Um, I I remember Cupcake said, you know, don't just focus in on one spot Mm -hmm. as a top. Sometimes I do that on purpose to fuck with you, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it to the point where you, you actually can't get relief from other spots or take a break, you know? So being able to, to, to move with that kind of like, I'm focusing in, I'm focusing in. Okay. Now I'm giving you a break. Um, and I've definitely seen people like, it's like they, they're like, oh, this is the butt. And, and they're looking at literally like a quarter of the actual surface area that their bottom considers to be their bottom. Okay. Does that make sense? Where like the top zeroes in on like, this is the butt right here. It's this very small portion at the very, very bottom of the butt. And it's like, no, actually there's a lot of sensation more towards the top of the butt. You know, like there's a lot of sensation on the sides and there's a lot you can do. That's, that's, um, there's a, like, there's a lot of surface area, even on a small ass. So, um, yeah, having some creativity about that, I think is a, is a big plus. What about you, Lauren? As someone who does the switch? I would say building on what both Cupcake and Vanessa said, being aware of where you're striking and being deliberate in your choices of where to strike. But for me, one of the biggest problems I've faced is people who don't believe in warm up. (laughs) And various people require different amounts of warm up and different types of warm up. Mm -hmm. But the best way to have the best warm up possible is to ask the person you're about to spank what kind of warm up routine is best for you. And if you don't know, err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Build up to the biggest slaps. Even if you know that somebody can take it very, very hard, that doesn't mean they can take it very, very hard coming in completely cold. They've just dropped their pants. Mm-hmm. And that is a particular pet peeve of mine, partly because I am somebody who likes a bit of warm up and needs, I need my skin and my muscles to acclimate to it. Otherwise, I'm going to tense up and it's really, really hard to will yourself to relax while you're being hit if you haven't had some time or some way to ease into that, or at least it is for me. I have a question on... um getting to this point of like having a consensual spanking scene. Um, Vanessa and I have been in a situation where we, we went to, uh, was it Catalyst Con? And somebody just like out of oh. nowhere decided to use an <laughs> implement on Vanessa without saying anything. <laughs> Can you all imagine? It was actually the She Expo. It was the very first right. She Expo. Yeah, The Sexual we Health in, Expo. We were in a, yeah, the Sexual Health Expo in LA. We were in a booth looking at something and, this dude, he's behind me. I didn't see him at all. And he and he hit me on the butt with a flogger from behind me without asking me. And it was just... <laughs> I don't even remember what I did. I basically, I spun around and was like, you don't do that. <laughs> like, you did not have permission for that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, That I'm... is an incredibly classy and graceful response. Spitting, spitting angry. Just like, get away. So yeah, how do you, I... how then do you do you do that communication like with your partner so your partner comes and says i want to try this what is the build-up to that like you know do you just oh my god i was waiting for you to say that (laughs) um that's mostly my reaction (laughs) i I really think asking questions why what draws you to this what and when you envision this spanking scene that you're fantasizing about 
what does it look like? Are you lying across someone's lap? Are you tied down to something? Are you relaxed on a bed? And this is a very sensual, slow buildup. Are you in, are you in public? Are you in private? What's I think delving into the details of from I want to try spanking, I, I generally think people have a vision of what they mean by that. Okay. That they may not necessarily have interrogated yet. Yeah, like they don't they don't even know that they've imagined some specifics yet. But once you start asking them other specifics, then they're like, Oh, yeah, no, no, not like a mommy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Not like a mommy and not like a teacher. Um, more like a, 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 you know, like you're kind of mad at me, but you're not really mad at me. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, different tone. Totally different tone there. Um, I've definitely been with people who really only liked spanking while they were being penetrated. Didn't like it any other time. But while they were being penetrated, there was enough, you know, uh, heightened state of arousal in the body that that spanking then felt really good, but you had to wait until they were at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and that's something that I think a lot of people do kind of know about themselves, but they've never been asked or never had to articulate it. I have a person in my life who's, who's also a top who asks people before they play, like, where do you like to be hit point and show me? Mm-hmm. And, um, and they will wait to work that spot. You know, like they'll like they're like, aha, okay, that's the sweet spot, and then they find their way to it. Okay. You know, and mm-hmm. and it's like that. There's there's all these different methods, but definitely asking people um, specific questions, even if it's just like, okay, are you imagining getting spanked when you're already turned on, or is it something you want to use to turn yourself on? Like mm-hmm. just like where where in the scenario are we are we talking about spanking falling? And mm-hmm. um, for me, I think one of the most basic questions to ask along those lines is, is that, is there, is humiliation a part of the scene? Is this, is there humiliation? Is there punishment? Or is this all about pleasure? Because those are three very, very different spanking scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you a good girl? Are you a bad girl? That kind of thing. I like asking that of people too. Like, is the tone... Is it, is it a punitive tone or is it a, you know, are you, are you doing this for me and you get affirmed for it? Yeah. Very, very different things for a bottom. As a top, do you have a favorite scenario or fantasy or tone in spanking that you like to play with? I guess one of my favorite ways to think about spanking is, um, like that it's right on that edge for me, like when it, when it really feels good is when it's right on that edge for me of I'm really getting them close to a state of pretty heightened sexual arousal. That's when it's really fun for me is when the bottom is like wiggly with it and sticking it out and like wants it. And then also gets a little bit scared, <laughs> you know, like that's a real, that's, that's a lot for me. Cause that's, that's a, that's like a sort of sweet spot for power exchange. Um, because like I said, the, the, I like open hand spanking. I love, I love implements. I really do. I think corporal, pun- I think corporal, not even punishment, but just corporal play impact play is just some of my favorite stuff. Um, because it feels like shit I couldn't do as a mas- as a masseuse. Where <laughs> 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 I'm just like, I want to work this motherfucker out, and I'm not allowed as a masseuse. 
I can stick my elbow in them a little bit, you know, but like if I can get them with a paddle or a hand, it's like, I'm, I know what I'm doing with it. I'm like going deep into those layers and I'm breaking some shit up and I'm moving it around and it feels good to me to do that. And so there's something about when I actually get that trust from a bottom where I can feel they're in it, they're tied up or they're, or they're restrained in some way. And they really believe in what I'm doing. Like it's turning them on. It's feeling good. It's feeling a little bad, but it's bad in the good way. You know, all that sort of confusion is happening. It, and, and when I can feel that trust coming where my open hand on them and I can, is what they're craving. That's just like, yeah, that's a high. That's fantastic. Lauren preferences. What you got? I've got a thing for public spanking. I really <laughs> say that again. Yeah, wait, wait. That was news to me. Hold on, hold on. That's news. Okay, one. There's no way that was news to you. No way. I mean, I know on camera, sure, but I didn't know public. That's great. <laughs> and and I mean, those are all interrelated, but you know, in inappropriate situations, I'm not going to non-consensually involve the, a public audience, but at a play party, at a convention, at a bachelorette party doing a kink demonstration. Um, there's something about being being on display in a situation that is supposed to be humiliating, is supposed to be a punishment, and yet I am definitely thoroughly enjoying it. I really like that. I also like that there can be this moment where I'm surrounded by people and all of that fades away and it's just me and the person spanking me and probably the thing I'm either tied to or even just holding on to. And the focus is all just being in that scene, being in that moment and and then also knowing that other people are enjoying it. I, I want to share all the pleasure that I'm feeling. Either of you have any um, implements or, or, or aspects to, to spanking or impact play that you, you're not a fan of? I don't like hairbrushes. It's part of the, the mommy thing. I'm not that much into mommy play. Okay. And it's, and I like, it's weird because I like paddles and I like wooden paddles, but I, there's something about the hairbrush that just takes me completely out of the moment. Yeah, I, I had asked some people on, on uh, Facebook about their spanking preferences. And I had this moment of like, you know, I'm very triggered with open hand because I think of my, you know, Mexican grandma coming after me. And that, that that's a no for me is like this open hand pow pow. <laughs> that's, that's my <laughs> no thank you, you know. Uh, Vanessa, anything? Like, what, what are you a no on? Or what do you, what do you feel? I mean, I'll, I'll basically try anything if I, <laughs> if it's laying around in a dungeon. <laughs> I get, I get favorites. That's for sure. Mm. I get favorites. But, um, <clears throat> but I also, I'm, I'm non-monogamous with my implements. So my favorites <laughs> don't always last. Um, I get favorites and I, and I get bored. So that's something that's something that happens where I, I need to be trying something new and I need to be um, I need to be thinking about it differently. And so I guess maybe my my the thing that I don't like is when I feel like a bottom has come in with a very rigid kind of you know almost fetishistic rigidity around what they want to have happen to them. 
I don't like that in my professional dominance. And I don't like that in my, in my personal play either. (laughs) I really do actually want to be in charge of what happens. And I don't, I don't like being told like, you know, no cupped hand, no this, no that, like, you know, like there's people who don't want the flat fingers, do want the cupped hand. There's people who are only cupped hand, no flat fingers, you know, and it's just like, just let me figure my shit out how I want to do it. Like, but again, at the same time, like you do have to listen to your bottom. So I'll do negotiation, but I, but I get, um, I get bored if, if I have to follow really strict, if I have to like memorize a bunch of really strict rules for a bottom, I'm like, ah, (laughs) I'm supposed to be the mad scientist here. (laughs) Well, and it's so interesting because when those negotiations happen from a place of this is what I can take, this is what I can't take this. I don't like because of this reason, it's a completely different tone, or at least for me as a top and a bottom, as opposed to no, I just want you to do this a super specific way. Like those are two completely different conversations. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I guess one day I might be in a scene with either of you two flogging me, but you do have to tie me down. That's right. Start. And done. <laughs> oh no! Don't make, don't make us have more bondage. That's right. just the my least favorite. I don't know. So, that could be yeah. on the dresser extra. Is Danny tries spanking? <laughs> that's for that's for the that's for the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Vanessa, do you have any favorite spanking memory you would like to share? I recently got to do a public scene with a person who identifies mostly as a dominant and she decided to switch for, for this. Um, it was sort of a teaching demo slash scene. So I got to do a public scene with somebody that was, you know, someone who I really respect and like a lot and like spending my time with. And, um, she has a luscious, beautiful, big round ass and, I got to put her on a spanking bench and spank her through some fishnets, which is really fun, like just pleasurable to have fishnets to snap and put your fingers in and stuff. Um, did they leave Did they leave a pattern on her butt? Yes. I thought, I mean, maybe not for very long. I was pretty, I was pretty careful about, you know, I didn't go nuts, but I did have that, have like a moment of real top, like pleasure of just, I'm getting to put my hands on this butt in front of these people. And there was just something really satisfying about it, like satisfying physically about the hitting and then also just satisfying emotionally about the topping. It was great. Hey. Yeah. Lauren, any favorite spanking memories? Yes. It was several years ago and it was at the Exotica convention in LA I was actually there tabling for sex workers outreach project. So I had spent hours trying to convince a bunch of dudes who were there to see porn stars to give a shit about sex workers rights. And they were most, (laughs) they were mostly not having it. The cool part is I got to meet a whole bunch of sex workers. There was a lot of really good reasons to be there. But there was a dungeon section, and I think it was a dominatrix named Mistress C. And I was tired, I was cranky, and 
she offered to do a spanking session with me. And I was like, you know what? Hell yeah. So I get on the spanking horse and she was mostly hitting me. And I think there was somebody else like rubbing me down with vampire gloves. So I had all of this sensation going on and I was just getting that point where, again, the world was sort of melting away. It was just us. I was in this little bubble. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw these three guys who had blatantly walked up to the Swap LA booth, heard our little spiel, and were like, oh, no, we don't care about that, and walked away. And then they were up there in my spanking scene with their cell phones, up taking close-ups of my ass, and so so I called a a quick halt I was like hey hey yellow I need to get up for a minute sat up and just started yelling at them like if you don't care this shit about my human rights you don't get to get off on my kinks something else something else and (laughs) shamed them into walking away and then just settled back down I was like okay I'm ready to continue and it was very lovely, and everyone was very, very supportive, and was like, I've never seen someone switch from subspace to angry dom space right back to subspace, like, just rapid fire. Quick sex session, yeah. And that that is still one of my absolute favorite spanking memories that I, I wouldn't recommend in the sense that that was a whole lot to go through in a very short amount of time. But I was very proud of that. Right on. What a, what a great conversation. It's spanking good time, I should say. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us for this, Vanessa. Um, where can people find you on on the social media? If you're interested in uh, talking to me about sex worker rights or anything else, you can follow me on Twitter at vcarlisle. That's V, because my name's Vanessa, and Carlisle is my last name, C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E. You can also find me. I have a website. It's VanessaCarlisle.com. And ask for the Spanking Deluxe, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. We are on the dresser. Our production team is made up of myself, Lauren Kylie. Dr. Vanessa Carlisle, and of course, Danny Cruz. Uh, Our music is all by Lou Gomez, and you can catch up on our past episodes on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and please, please, wherever you're listening, just take a few seconds to rate, write a quick little review, and share with your friends. If you like it, if you hate it, if you have feedback, we want to hear. Yeah, send us your questions, your comments, um, signal boost, any suggestions uh, to onthedresser at gmail.com. Remember, we are a podcast. So if you open your voice memo app on your device, you can put those into audio form and we can feature them on the air. Tell us what you like about spanking, what you like to be hit with or hit people with. Or tell us how you uh, are going to find your clients and find other sex workers after these new anti-trafficking bills get signed into law. We want to hear from you on thedresser at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, both at on the dresser. Uh, Lauren, how can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter and Instagram at XOXO Lauren Kylie. 
How about you? You can find me on the Twitter at a Danny boy or on Instagram at it's Danny Cruz. All, All power, power to, to the people. people. All, All pleasure, pleasure to the people. people. Good, good night, night and, and good, good fuck. fuck.